Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good afternoon and welcome into Fantasy Sports Today. Lots to get to here on this show. Lots of fantasy baseball to discuss. Super Bowl previews as well. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Oh, Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Toss to White. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! And good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. Happy Tuesday to you as we get... Closer to Super Bowl Sunday, we got Sean Guastamaki producing the show, Chris Bavona helping out as well. David Bierman is going to join us for a Super Bowl prop betting preview, as we'll do plenty of that as the week goes on. And uh, and Joe, interestingly enough, and, and we will get to fantasy baseball here for sure, but as I kind of suspected, it, it still is is very much in the minds of everyone, Kobe Bryant's passing. Um you know, I mean, you've—I mean, I look—I've been in the media for a long time. I know that you have been covering sports on on radio and on television for a number of years. It is—it is really a story that is transcending and, and keeps going. And it was—it's been tweeted out by a lot of people down here in South Florida, been covering the Super Bowl. That, I mean, you just—you just wonder, like, I mean, this is clearly a moment historically that we're never going to forget. But it is—it is outshining the Super Bowl and basically overwhelming the Super Bowl. And I wonder. That I would suppose come Sunday, then then this will you know everyone will be focused on the game. It just doesn't seem like anybody is focused at all on the game right now, right? Doesn't it feel not like right that? now. It's it does not feel like a normal Super Bowl week. It, it I think I think that's the most accurate way of putting it. I mean, normally the Super Bowl week is just it's all encompassing. Now I I don't. You can also make the argument with these two teams. I mean, the 49ers had a huge fan base in the '80s, and they haven't been. You know, they had that little run with Kaepernick a couple of years ago with Harbaugh, but. Overall, they haven't been as relevant in the last 20 years as they were, you know, back in the 80s and the early 90s. And then, you know, when you're talking about the Chiefs, you know, this is a team that was, you know, has always been good, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. So, uh, you know, from those perspectives, I don't know what kind of national following. It's a little different than when you have the Cowboys in the Super Bowl or the Patriots in a Super Bowl. And I think there's something that can be said for that, too. Patrick Mahomes is a bright young star, but. You know, I don't think Patrick Mahomes, despite the fact that he's on a lot of commercials, has quite gotten to the level of, let's say, Aaron Rodgers in the league or some other quarterbacks that are, you know, Drew Brees and Brady and those guys. He's not there yet. He's not. And, you know, he, he's the best quarterback in the league. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of star power, let's be honest, the Super Bowl lacks a little of star power. I mean, you know, Travis Kelsey is a great player. Tyreek Hill is a great player. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a household name. I mean, he's just not. Nobody on the 49ers is a household name. Mahomes is the closest thing in either of these games to that. And I think that has something to do with it. But you're right. I think this, um, the Kobe Bryant, you know, uh, situation here, that's that's uh, you know, just a horrible situation, horrible tragedy that's befallen not just his family here, but uh, numerous other families as well. Yeah. It really has kind of soaked up all the media. And, and I'm curious what you think, too, about, you know, 400,000 people signed that petition to change the logo of the NBA from the Jerry West silhouette to the Kobe Bryant silhouette. And, you know, that, you know, we talked yesterday, Craig, about, What's the right way to honor him? Is it retiring the number across the board? And I said, I didn't care for that. This one, actually, I don't mind so much. I also think it might be time that the NBA recognize that 
maybe having the silhouette of uh, of a non-black player at this stage in their evolution as a league might also be a smart thing to do from a, a media perspective, not to mention somebody that was one of the greatest players of all time. Not that Jerry West was not. Of course he was. But I feel like this might be a more appropriate tribute. How do you feel about this? Yeah, potentially? That's a really interesting point. The second point. Um, because that is true, um, you know that would that would be something that I would strongly consider. And and look, there are a lot of traditionalists who would not want to see that go away. I don't I don't know how long it would take for people to get used to it. In terms of Kobe Bryant, I would agree with it. I would also uh, ask though, why not Michael Jordan? You know, like like to me, I mean, Jerry West is still alive. You know, Michael Jordan's still alive. Michael Jordan is unequivocally the best basketball player of all time, if not the best athlete of all time. Um, and I realize it is a tragedy with Kobe Bryant taking nothing away with that. I mean, I would put Michael Jordan on the logo if I'm going to change it. So I, I would too, but under the circumstances and wanting to celebrate somebody, I actually think this sentiment feels more right because I think it's also a step forward for the league that is, is come on. I mean, the NBA has been predominantly an African-American superstar league for the last 30 plus years. Okay. I mean, let's, let's, or probably 40. I mean, let's let's be honest here. Of course. And Jerry West is a phenomenal player and was a great executive and a huge part of the game. And I understand it would cost a lot of money to change that over. But you know what? I think from a PR perspective, they could they could do something here that would be really something. And now I guess the other question is this, you know, any of these guys that you would change over to that silhouette, Jordan's not without his flaws and scandals. Kobe and I think Bryant's that, not without his flaws and scandals either. That's also a very key point. Right. I think that, that's a very key point. Too. That's the only holdup for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no to it. And it's nothing against anyone. I just think that if if you're going to do it, you make it Michael Jordan and that's the end of it. That's the only one that that to me would deserve it. But um, it's it's a fair point. And I think in terms of changing it to African-American is absolutely long over you. An excellent point. I mean, I don't know what more can be done to 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 uh, overstate that. Like, I mean, it's, you know, out of every 12 players or 15 players on an NBA team, 80% of them are African-American. I mean, it needs to be changed without a doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know. It's a good, it's a good point though, by you for sure. Okay. Um, we will cover baseball today. It's just a fascinating dynamic to me to see the Super Bowl in my city here. And, and it is very early. I want to say that also, it's very early on in the week, but I, but I do not, uh, un unlike 10 years ago when they had an event last night at Marlins park, but unlike 10 years ago, and 12 years ago, where I was at two Super Bowls in Miami, one in Tampa, it just it doesn't quite hit yet here. Um, and I live 10 minutes from the stadium. So I think um, I think when we turn the page, my guess is when we turn tomorrow, the page maybe? to Wednesday into Thursday, yeah, that people really yeah. start hyping up about it. Because because this I mean, this was I mean, it's out of nowhere. It's not like a player who was older who passed away who, you know, it's not like you lose the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and we're all sitting here and, you know, thinking about the the legacy. This was a shocking and and just tragic because you know he the family not only lost him but they lost their oldest daughter and i think oh, i think horrible. that's what it is and everybody and who stories now are yeah. coming out we didn't have any time to react and the reaction time is super bowl week i mean this is it i mean no it happens sunday and i and i guess i'm foolish into not expecting it but i, I mean it actually I, hit me look, harder yesterday i was doing black Book yeah, podcast sure. yesterday yeah. and i was talking about being a basketball with my daughter and it just kind of hit me it's like wow you know like i was i'm an assistant coach on that team and and we're, I'm, I'm there and and I haven't loved basketball in a very long time, but she's making me love basketball again. And it's just I don't know. It's it's of crazy. Course. I mean, yesterday they showed Kobe Bryant's last game on Jimmy mm -hmm. Kimmel. The whole hour was dedicated to to his. He came on Jimmy Kimmel and he showed interviews that he had with him. I mean, you know, and, and I guess that the subject look, we're look, I mean, we're both covering sports and, you know, in the media doing media type shows. And although this is a fantasy show, the fascination with me as to how media is covered is also fascinating to me because I've been involved in it for so long. 
And I've been thinking it. And then this morning, Darren Rovell tweeted it out that like, you know, there's no like trending topics. There's no, you know, there's no nothing. And no, everything's and frozen. I, and I'm like, you know, it does kind of feel like that. And um, and I'm and I'm going to guess that this weekend that this kicks back in. Um, you know, I don't know when his funeral is, but I could tell you whenever that is, then that's going to, you know, you know dominate. Well, see, that's the thing. I imagine it's going to be Thursday or Friday and that's going to really, you know. Be a different yeah. scenario because we're talking right on the precipice of the Super Bowl. At that I point. know, I know. It's just a strange. It's just strange. It, look, it's. Just, I, I think that maybe all the hype for the Super Bowl, Joe. Honestly, it's going to be Sunday. I mean, that that could be it. I mean, it's it's a holiday for everybody, of course, with the Super Bowl. So that that could be it. Uh, but again, it's 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 on topic. It's it's not like I'm dragging this topic into the show. It feels, oh, not at all. It, it feels all. like we should be talking about it, and so we are. And listen, maybe tomorrow we move on, but tonight, but right now, it, it is. It is dominating the headlines, and so we're here to talk about it. Uh, lots of baseball to get to. We'll get to that next. We've got the opening drive, Super Bowl props, Florida man. We'll uh, have a normal show today, as normal as we can. Fantasy Sports Today returns after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. From the opening play and all the way for a touchdown. And welcome back. It's the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia, with you here on the show. Fantasy talk, baseball talk, football talk, Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. But as we discussed in the first segment, uh, the, the Kobe Bryant passing is dominating the airwaves for sure. And on first down, we start off with uh, with Kobe's legacy for sure. LeBron James seems like uh, was one of the last ones to chime in, said it was very difficult for him. Posted on Instagram yesterday saying that Kobe's legacy is his responsibility and boy, Joe, I mean, the emotions in Los Angeles right now have to be at an all-time high. And uh, and I kind of wonder how this is going to affect LeBron James, what we may see from him over the next few games. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing, too, because, you know, it also speaks to, we talked about the, the recognition of Kobe Bryant, how easily recognizable, the one name and all these things. And then we see the reverence that other superstars, not just in basketball, but in other sports you know, have really kind of come out and said how hard this hit them. And um, I think that book he wrote, you know, about wanting every day trying to be better than you were the day before. And, you know, the Mamba theories about playing the game and, and everything like that, that that book had a big effect on a lot of athletes and a lot of people. Um, so the ripple effects are, are huge. And and LeBron right now, I mean, this is the fact that he's playing in L.A. right now. That's what makes it so fascinating, because it's it's like the perfect storm of events there and and i do wonder how this impacts them and we've seen this before where tragedies hit an organization 
where the organization somehow rallies and, and somehow plays above their expectations necessarily. Now, obviously, any team of LeBron James is high expectations. Oh, they're very good. The Lakers, and they're yeah. very good team. So they don't have this whole, like, us against the world thing. But there's going to be, I think, a different level of emotion. I guess the question I have for you, Craig, is we also see teams get hit with this kind of news and have the opposite effect. Now, granted, it wasn't one of their teammates. But at the same time, we also sometimes the it gets very emotional, then the air goes out of the bubble. And I wonder if this could actually have a negative effect on the Lakers this year. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think that they'll rise to the occasion, and LeBron has always risen to the occasion in anything that he's done. So my guess is uh, Lakers go on to have a great season, as they have been uh, having a great season so far. Um, second down here. Now, there's conflicting reports here. There's some reports that say that Nike has pulled all of their Kobe Bryant-related stuff uh, from sales to avoid uh, third-party sellers, which... I mean, whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't get that at all. It didn't make a lot of sense to me because I would think that no matter what, if you can sell something, you sell it. Let's speak aside from tragedy here, okay? <laughs> if, if you, if you can make money in this world and you, you do it, you know. Like I, I don't know. And so uh, I mentioned earlier, Darren Rovell tweeted out that's not the case. And they just ran out of stuff, which makes a lot more sense to me. That makes a ton more sense. I don't <laughs> know what, what, what's the other because one. Let's, because I gotta be honest here, capitalism is capitalism here. You know, like if and and listen, with all the condolences and everything that's being said here, if I, if I'm an owner of a of an apparel store, and and maybe this is gonna come off wrong, but I'm taking all of my Kobe Bryant stuff out from behind and putting it on the shelves. Like there's no, I mean, this is just a fact. Like. If you're in the business of selling NBA gear, this I mean you're going to do it. Maybe it sounds horrible, and maybe that's just the capitalist in me. But um, I'm sorry, but that's the people are going to want all of his stuff right now. Like, and so it seems like they sold out. I mean, that that seems like more. And and I'm sure there's going to be the Kobe Bryant tribute line. And I'm sure. That, and of look, course. you know, Kobe is there Bryant anything is wrong with what foundation. I'm saying here? Is there anything wrong? No, with what I'm, okay. I I Just can't find sure it. Here. And you know me, I love to find things wrong. So you know, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I'm sure. And I'm sure there's nothing wrong with Nike coming out with a brand that will also donate, you know, to exactly. his foundation, exactly. or whatever. And right. and they will. And yeah. th- and that's the right thing yeah. to do. For them, it would be. And egregious. Nike will still make a ton them, of money off that too. By the way, let's just yeah. say. Let's for them, it be would be. A, yeah, they'll make money. But for them, it would be egregious, as you just said, to come out with a. A remembrance with no charity attachment i'm sure like that would be like going a little bit over the top but if you're just if you're living in in um, in portland oregon and you own an nba apparel store or you're an online retailer you're not putting all of your kobe bryant stuff up there right now i mean i don't know i mean what i, I don't get it like you you have the stuff you sell the stuff this is what you do you know, one well here's the thing like some people would have like a throwback kobe bryant jersey or some kind of special things like that I can send them pulling it off their shelf or whatever and holding it for themselves and trying to then, you know, cash in on it that way. But I mean, so as like the major honestly, retailer of Nike, no, I don't like, have a problem with any of it, honestly. Like, I don't have a problem with capitalism. I mean, this, this is capitalism. This is what happens. Right? This is, uh, you know, this is, you know, people realize at this point they're never going to be able to purchase Kobe Bryant stuff ever again. And if well, you have a- well, they're going to be able to purchase more Kobe Bryant stuff you could possibly fathom. Because there's going to be all kinds of Kobe Bryant things. And it wouldn't shock you if there's a whole Kobe Bryant line that's just part of that foundation thing. And then, you know, whenever they make money off that, both ends. No, I understand. And stuff. I, that's I, fine. I, 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 guess, I guess my point is, is that if you if you were on a site, and let's just use this, mm-hmm. maybe an autograph's a different example, I don't know. But let's say you bought his uh, signed basketball for $500 off somebody who sold it. Don't you have the right to resell it if you wanted to? Like, it's a joke. Of course like, you do. I, yeah, of course. So, like, you bought it. Somebody paid Kobe Bryant to do a signing, in all likelihood, and then you bought it from that person. What says that you can't resell it? I don't know. It makes no sense to me. People have a hard time with it. Um, okay, third down here. Philip Rivers, Joe, looks like he's headed for a new team. 
Uh, Jay Glazer reports that the Chargers are basically done with him. Uh, Rivers, where does he end up, and what do you think the Chargers do? You know what? I'd love to see him end up with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think you get Rivers over there, and this is kind of the whole narrative of the Carson Palmer years in Arizona, which were very, very successful for Bruce Arians. Philip Rivers has all the swagger still. I think Philip Rivers never wanted to leave San Diego. I don't think he was ever happy with that. I don't think he was happy playing in Los Angeles. I don't think his family was happy with that. Um, I think that he was just done. And sometimes you're just done. And you know what? He is. I don't want to say the greatest Charger quarterback ever, because I think we still say Dan Fouts. Would I be correct in saying that? Oh, I mean, statistically, Rivers has passed him. But I also have to judge the guy in his Boy, era. Is, and Fouts in his era was yeah. nobody was putting up the kind of numbers that, uh, you know, Fouts it, was. It, until Marino it, showed uh, well, I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, if you just want to call it direct. I mean, Fouts is a Hall of Famer at the moment and Rivers is not. So, yes. So we got OK, so there you go. So second best quarterback in their franchise history. I think you drop him in there with Mike Evans, Godwin, give him a running back. <laughs> maybe you model, maybe even go out there and bring Melvin Gordon, his old buddy with you. I don't know if they are buddies, but I think that that would be the best landing spot for him where he could really make a, you know, if they could just get a little help in the secondary and a little bit better at corner. And if they could just, you know, get some a little bit more consistent of a balance of a running game there. They have all the other pieces. Their front in terms of stopping the run last year was absolutely spectacular. So I don't know, Craig. I feel like that's the spot. If if I'm Bruce Arians, I'll go take that. I'm who knows how much longer I want to coach. I want to go win. Yeah. Philip Rivers probably gives him the best chance to win. And if I'm Philip Rivers, I think that's a really good opportunity to go out there and win and get a fresh start, go there for two years, have a little bump. And if he gets to a Super Bowl, guess what? He's going to have a bust in Canton, too. Where would you put him? Uh, I think uh, the Colts is an interesting one for me. The very interesting one. Yeah, I think the Colts would be one. Do that you I think would he would on. mesh with that coach, though? I have no idea. I mean, See, I Frank Reich is a very different kind. Of, you know, Rivers is a loud I, I, and brash personality. Areas, I, I think, can handle that. I think, I think Indy has done the best job that they possibly could, given every situation, uh, the way that they've handled luck with his retirement. You had to give uh, Jacoby Brissett some money and show everyone on the team that he's your guy. They had to do that. Now that you've seen a year of it, I think you got to wonder a little bit if that is the case. Uh, Indy would be the spot for me. And by the way, I think the Chargers just roll with Taylor. But I do think that they draft a quarterback in, in uh, either the first round or the second round. I think they have a new guy next year. Um, real quick, uh, fourth down here. As uh, By the way, the opening drive is our last week of the opening drive. We'll move back to uh, baseball covers next week. But uh, Kareem Hunt, there's now video of him, Joe, uh, that came out. Uh, looks like uh, he was pulled over. Um, they found a little bit of... Uh, you know, weed in the car or something like that. He's told the, the police officer he would fail a drug test. You think another suspension is coming for Hunt if you haven't been a dynasty? You caught him? I don't know, man. The whole weed thing is just, I mean, like, no, I, so I, I'm just, just calling what it is. I know. Here. Oh, no, you know, I know. I you know what it is. You basically, are. the very least, it's a bad look for Hunt. It's a bad that? look, but you know what? That's not going to change for these guys. I mean, it's just not. The, no, I think you legalized in the, in the right NFL. Well, in, it's no, in minor league baseball this year. Oh, started. that's what it is. Okay. That's what it is. Now, I don't know if the NFL is, is well, but it's because it's very difficult to say no bad Kareem Hunt. You can't do this. But if you played for the Broncos, you could. You know, you can't do that. Oh, if it's legal in Colorado, how I mean, how hypocritical. So, no, I don't think you're going to get anything out of this. Okay. I think by the time you turn the page of Super Bowl, it's going to be a long distance memory. But it's something that, you know, it's going to hurt him. If I was Kareem Hunt, I would I would lay off everything until I signed a new contract with another Definitely. team, and then then you could go out and ha- and celebrate. Let's put yeah, it that way. Just, just like because you don't want to get yourself, yeah, come yeah, on, bro, nothing. bro. How do you get fired on your day off, bro? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll take a timeout. Uh, David Bierman's going to join us next with some Super Bowl prop betting tips from ESPN. Don't go away. 
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Time to dive more into the Super Bowl coming up this weekend in South Florida with a former South Florida resident, David Bierman, the deputy editor over at ESPN and uh, handles all their wagering content, sports betting content. He joins us now to go over some of his favorite Super Bowl props for uh, this coming weekend, David, I know that you miss being in South Florida. You're, you're, are you missing the Super Bowl? Are you are you in South Florida? What's the deal? I will not be in South Florida for the Super Bowl. I do miss South Florida. You would think uh, it is a home game for me, so you think I'd go. But uh, they actually have Ice London, a big uh, sports betting casino conference that they have over in London the day after the Super Bowl. So I'm actually flying over there on Saturday. Oh, we're watching the Super Bowl at approximately 11:30 at night at a party that ends at 3:30 in the morning, and then uh, nine o'clock conference. So it'll be a good time over there. Look at you, uh, the working guy, David David Bierman, with us here. And um, you could certainly follow him on Twitter. And David does a great job with posting a lot of good information every single day about sports at DB1Sports, by the way, on Twitter. And uh, catches work over at ESPN.com. He handles everything going on there in terms of sports betting. And so, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I saw you just post how much money, David, is going to be bet on the Super Bowl this weekend. And every year this number goes up, and it's going up even more because of the the uh, sports betting being legal all over the, the country. So give us the updated numbers here on the Super Bowl sports betting. Handle. Yeah, the AGA uh, is guessing about $6.8 billion that would be spent on the Super Bowl in betting. And I mean, that's not profit. That's just total handle on it. And it would actually the more impressive number to me, because once you start getting into the billions, whether it's 3 billion, 4 billion, 6 billion, it all sounds the same. But the number that, that jumped out to me was the 26 million Americans that they're estimating will be betting on the Super Bowl with. Do the math, that's approximately one out of every 10 Americans will be placing some sort of bet on the Super Bowl according to the AGA. And again, that's that's not possible without the, the, the PASPA overturned law a year and a half ago and legalization in New Jersey and, and how it's in Vegas and, and Pennsylvania. And those states opening up to legalized betting is allowing so many people to say, okay, I'm going to go, even if I don't bet at all, I'm going to go bet the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to take a prop. I'm going to take the, the coin toss. I'm going to bet on this. And for whatever reason, even Indiana is allowing you to bet on the Gatorade, which just seems preposterous. But the fact that one in every 10 Americans is predicted to bet on the Super Bowl kind of tells you where we're at in sports betting. Yeah, and, and so from, from your perspective, how are you guys covering it? I know how we're covering it here at SportsGrid. How are you guys covering it? Any differently over at ESPN and ESPN.com this year? Yeah, I would say with the addition of Daily Wager being you know a six-day-a-week show now, it, it allows for you know six hours of television content on the week leading up to the Super Bowl, as well as that you had mentioned on Chalk and ESPN.com's Chalk that, that I oversee that in the past, you know, we always had a little bit that was, hey, we're going we're gonna to talk betting, we're going to make picks, etc., but like the props in the past used to be the color, the Gatorade, what color hat Justin Timberlake's going to wear, all the national anthem, all the what I would call off the field uh, 
sucker money that people bet. But instead, yeah. we're actually talking about the game. You have an hour show every single day and chalk columns that you can read every single day that actually let you talk about alternate point spreads and first player to score the touchdown and quarter props and will there be a defensive touchdown and Jimmy Garoppolo over-unders. So you actually are talking about real props that have handled every single week, but it's much bigger in the Super Bowl when you have thousands of props out there. And I, I heard a nugget this morning from Jeff Sherman, a buddy of mine over at uh, Westgate you know, Superbook. He said he doesn't have one prop on the board that doesn't have money on it. And if you wow. think about it, the Superbook has thousands of props. And every single number on the board has at least one bet on it, which is just insane. Yeah, and, and Joe and I were talking about this. Uh, you know, it's there's there's no question that you can bet all of the props. And David, the one thing that I always find interesting is I'm not saying that there are easy props, okay? Because there is no easy bet. But David, there is the notion that Las Vegas is willing to take some losses on this because they know that you can't bet just one. You can't walk in a, in a casino in Vegas or you can't go online and just say, okay, give me the one prop on Jimmy Garoppolo's rushing yards and I'm done. It's like the temptation is there to bet so many of these and that's why a lot of these are just so heavily bet. Um, let, let's kind of dive in a little bit on your thoughts. I know we're still a few days from the game and so there's still adjustments to be made as far as wagering goes and, and I do a live stream. I'll have it on Friday night on the wager alarm side and I'll have my favorite like eight or ten. What, what is your... Sweet sure. spot here for this. Will, will, will you do yeah, twenty props? Will you do ten, five, two? Like, what? What's your theory here on this? I'll, I'll give you a little preview of what I'm going to have in, in the chart column that'll actually be out tomorrow morning. Okay. Of all of the all of the game picks and prop picks from all of our writers, uh, in, including myself. And I'll give you a little bit of a preview. Well, I think send I me that tomorrow. Don't forget to send me that. Okay. I want to see that. I will definitely send it. I'll post it on Twitter. It'll all be out there. Okay. Good. Um, some of the ones I'm looking at. I mean, I usually at the end of the day I'll probably have somewhere between seven and ten props on the board. That, that feels right. Yeah. About right. And, and that's what I've always done, even, you know, back in the day where you had to go do it in a shady way. But now that it's, you know, legalized, it's a lot easier to take a lot more. Like you said, you, you can't just stop at one. Uh, some of the ones that I'm, I'm looking at, and I think I actually mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago when we chatted, when I didn't have the number, but it was something I was going to look at, is Patrick Mahomes' rush yards. Uh, it's, it's actually been moving quite a bit. I'm lucky I grabbed it at 27 and a half when it opened, and it's now up to 29 and a half. Um, and there might be some recency bias there. You know, last two games, Mahomes ran for, for 53 yards each game. So that's a little bit of a recency bias. But the other thing about it is looking at the San Francisco defense, which no doubt is among the best defense in football, and they have the top pass defense in football. But they don't have a very strong rush defense, especially when um, stopping a mobile quarterback. If you look at some of the quarterbacks they faced this season they had trouble with, Russell Wilson, 53 yards and 29 yards rushing. Tyler Murray, 34 yards and 66 yards rushing in their two matchups. And Lamar Jackson ran for over 100 yards in that matchup earlier this season. So mobile quarterbacks have given them a difficult time. So I'm going to take a stab at the over 27.5 now, 29.5, if you can get it over 30. I think there's some value there. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to take a stab at Tyreek Hill being the first to catch it first to score a touchdown at 8-1. to one. He tends to average about, you know, a touchdown every other game, and this is this is the big game, the big show, and he's going to be looked at often, and at 8-1, to one, I think you're getting good value as not necessarily taking the running back who can have the one-yard run, but, the, you know, the wide receiver can catch the big ball at any point in time, and by the way, he can take a punt return out. So those are the, the two main ones, and, and we can keep doing it. I can give you more if you want. Yeah, give me a couple more. Why not? Well, I have, I have the Chiefs winning 31-20, so I'm going to play, and this is this is some of my favorite stuff to do. If you have a real good feel for the game, and I'm not I'm not saying that my feel is right, I could be completely wrong. I, I'm glad um, you clarified that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but if you if you have a feel and you think a certain score is going to happen, unlike 
the regular season, you can actually put your money where your thoughts are and take an alternate point spread, like Chiefs yeah. minus 10 and a half and get right. paid three and a half to one on that. Because normally it's, you know, here's the point spread. You can move it up point or two or half a point. But in the Super Bowl, you can pretty much choose whatever you want. They have the three and a half, the seven and a half, the 14 and a half. So I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 10 and a half at three and a half to one. Um, then there's there's winning margin propositions. And this is where you can get kids and try to somewhat hedge your bet a little bit with the props being so many of them. Normally in a normal game, if you're all in on one side and you lose the game, you're going to lose all your props. But the Super Bowl, there's so many different things to pick. You can hedge yourself. So say you take the Chiefs by 7 to 12 points, which, again, is in my margin of minus 10 and a half. Right. That's 4 to 1. And you pick that 4 to 1 odds for them to win 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, or 12. But maybe you're wrong. If the Chiefs don't win by a lot, how are they going to lose? They're going to lose by a little. So take the other side and take the 49ers by one to six and also get four to one. So four to one on each side of that bet, and you're covered if the Chiefs win by seven or more, and if the Niners win by one to six. Of course, if the Niners win by a touchdown, you lose all bets, but that's what happens when you think the other side's going to win. Yeah, for sure. Uh, David Bierman is with us, the deputy editor over at ESPN.com, sports betting, chalk. Um, okay, so you, you're clearly moving on to the sides and the totals. You're clearly on the side of Kansas City in this one, just, you know, straight mm-hmm. up with no, um, you know, I mean, the line is one or two, whatever it is. Total 54, you're, you've given me an under there, which is a, a rare, I mean, look, I'm an under better in general, David. I, I think that there's always going to be more value, especially this time of the year. People want to see scoring. They want overs. But that total got pushed up like two full points since it came out. And um, you gave me a 31.20. So is your lean toward the under? Is there any interest in that? Or is it just a lean? It, it's a lean towards the under, but he also, as you mentioned, the, the number has moved a lot. And, you know, when I said 31-20, and obviously that's a total of 51, and that's pretty much where it opened, 51, 51 and a half, 52. And I didn't get it then, so I, I don't have a play on it. It has moved up to 54. If it continues going up, and like you said, the value a lot of times is on the under. Right now, 90% of the tickets and the money are both on the over so if this keeps going, I will grab it. But right now, I'm staying off of it because with these two teams, you just you just never know. Like 31-20 was just uh, my predicted score based on what I think is going to happen in the game. Uh, but both teams have shown that they can get off to somewhat slow starts. The Chiefs in the last couple of games uh, barely have scored in the first quarter before exploding in the second. And the Niners can keep the ball for seven and a half minutes to start the game, and all of a sudden you're, you're over under shot. So with these two teams – Kansas City being the quick strike offense and San Francisco being the ball control, I really don't have a feel for the total. But the predicted score that I have would, yes, technically place it in the under. But I'm, I'm more towards the side than the total in this one. All right. Uh, as we wrap it up with David Bierman, follow him on Twitter at DB1 Sports. Uh, the next time we talk, in all likelihood, I'm going to guess, is probably going to be on baseball. How, how is your coverage going to change once the Super Bowl ends on Sunday? Do, do you guys feel that there is... Uh, a strength in the NBA? Is it the NCAA tournament, college basketball? What do you guys move on to from from, uh, well, from the Super Bowl? Well, February tends to be a, a very, very big basketball month for the sports you just mentioned. We've already started our NBA picks column, which is every Wednesday and Friday uh, on chalk. Uh, you won't see it tomorrow. We're taking tomorrow off out of, you know, the, out of respect for, for what happened with Kobe, so we don't really feel comfortable giving out picks on NBA games tomorrow. We still have some postponements and players, you know, not playing, so we're going to wait until Friday. Uh, but every Wednesday and Friday in um, in, in February, you're going to see NBA picks columns out of the chart guys, Doug Kazarian and Preston Johnson, Jordan Schultz, Joe Fortenbaugh. And uh, also Saturday mornings, look for us actually late Friday night, early Saturday mornings, look for our college basketball picks column. We started it two weeks ago, and we're going to run it all the way until March Madness. 
you'll get college basketball picks for Saturday's slate. And then once March comes, it's everything. As you know, you have, yeah. um, you have college basketball craziness, you have NBA playoff runs, and then um, baseball starting out. So we'll, uh, March is obviously one of our busiest months. And April 1, you have all the final fours, plus you have opening day. So February uh, is probably the only month where you step back and say, all right, do a couple of NBA picks home and take a couple of vacations. All right, David, great catching up with you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Follow him on Twitter at DB1Sports, and follow all the great sports betting content over on ESPN. Sports Grid does a great job. Of course, ESPN doing a great job as well. Thanks, David. Catch up soon. Thanks, Craig. See you soon. All right, David Beerman with us. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back next, Florida Man. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And now it's time on Fantasy Sports Today to see what's going on in the Sunshine State with Florida Man. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is time for everyone to enjoy our weekly segment that is Florida Man Never Disappoints. Every week, I'm always able to find some good Florida Man stories. Now, last week, I was hoping, I was ho- really hoping that we would have some good stories for you, Joe, from the iguana. You know, a Florida Man iguana. Yeah, iguana has sex story. with iguana, got caught. Yeah, something yeah, like that. The, the best mean. I could do is that what people were doing was uh, they were catching the iguanas and they were people were selling them and trying, you know, for food, you know, eating them. Now, I have never eaten an iguana. There are people that I've heard. Uh, that have said that it's the chicken of the tree. Oh now, God! Now, yeah. now I have now I have if never I made had that it. joke. You would just stop the show if I if I actually made that joke. You know, yeah. you know, you would. You do. All right, show's it, it, over. A fifty fifty shot. 50/50. No hour two. Now I have never tried it. I would not recommend it. But I would people, try it. But would you, people, you wouldn't try it? No, I'm not. Into, I'm not. No, I don't think that if you saw Is it served these, on a stick. Uh, Is it there? I don't know, man. See, that's a better joke. It's a higher quality joke. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. I feel like it's lower. Then chicken of the tree. Chicken of the tree is. I'm very just high saying that's what they're saying. I mean, I'm, by they you mean you, but no, sorry. No, <laughs> we don't know. What you're but anyway, so that didn't happen. The, the iguanas are fine. Some of them died that were frozen. The rest were put back to life in the sun. Okay, so let's get to the real Florida men story. So here we go. Uh, story number one: A Florida man who went viral last year after ca- after video captured him in a street ball brawl with another man while dressed as the Easter Bunny has donned the costume again. This time in an attempt to avoid a hit-and-run arrest. Antoine McDonald drove his motorcycle through a stop sign and crashed into a carport, which collapsed and damaged the car before he fled on the scene on January the 16th of this year, just a couple weeks ago. When deputies responded, a neighbor said he had spotted McDonald limping across the yard. And, and you know, this is according to the arrest report. Deputies went to McDonald's home and saw a gray car leaving the driveway. They, dis- they discovered McDonald. He was wearing the same bunny costume in the back seat. The deputies told McDonald to remove the costume before arresting him, but the 21-year-old said, I am innocent. Quote, 
I wasn't in any crash. I'm the Orlando Easter Bunny. Google it, he told uh, authorities. He was booked in Seminole County Jail, charged with leaving the scene of a crash, involving property damage, driving with a suspended license, and operating a motorcycle without a license. So the uh, Easter Bunny who went viral, Joe, tried to uh, get out of his arrest by saying, Google it, and it didn't work out for him. He's famous. I mean, I remember. I totally, totally remember the Easter Bunny brawl. That was hilarious. I, I had like half a dozen people send it to me when they saw it. And I was like, yep, I've seen it. It's very funny. And uh, I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to commit more crimes in costume, you got to change the costume. This is just lazy crime. I feel like you, you need to at least sit back and go, OK, look, you know, last time Something I was hitting, else. you know, you know, maybe a duck this time. Uh, you know, you have to stay with the Christmas theme. You know, there's plenty of other. Ho- I mean, Valentine's is coming up. It could be a giant Cupid. You know, a heart, if, you, if it's really the mask he's looking for, uh, I'm sure that, you know, there's lots of Christmas theme things Absolutely. he can find out there. Uh, before we know it, it's going to be St. Patrick's Day, perhaps a leprechaun costume. What I love the most is when this guy takes this bunny costume off and you see the mugshot, it is it is hopefully what is not underneath the bunny costume whenever you bring your kids to Easter. That's true. Yeah. You know, because you never know what's under that bunny costume and under that thing. And now that I'm not my kid, never never wanted to go see the Easter bunny. They're like, nah, it's creepy. It's weird. I think kids get freaked out because they think of bunnies as small and cute. And then all of a sudden when the bunny is six feet tall, I think it scares the hell out of them. And rightfully so. Santa's fine. Santa, you see him, he's a human being. Six foot Easter bunny, I can tell why kids are terrified. And now that I've seen this mugshot, I think I'm terrified too. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, we, that's a good way to start this morning, this afternoon. Okay. So let's go to our uh, second story here. Florida man mm-hmm. was arrested Wednesday. So this is last week. After shining a laser pointer at multiple pilots, making their approaches at Sarasota Bradenton Airport very difficult. Charlie James Chapman Jr. facing multiple charges after police said he temporarily blinded one of the pilots. Video claims to show him throwing rocks and directing the laser at a Manatee County Sheriff's helicopter attempting to even locate him. Uh, Quote, pointing a laser at multiple aircraft did not end well for Charlie Chapman Jr., said the police officer. He was arrested after pointing one at planes heading into the airport and then at an aviation unit helicopter. He even tried throwing rocks at the helicopter. It was learned later that Chapman shot his laser pointer on a fixed wing plane four times and one time at the helicopter. One of the pilots on the plane advised to let the laser hit him directly in the eyes, causing temporary blindness. And the pilot said that uh, his eyesight was still blurry from the laser. Uh, He was charged with aggravated assault in an officer, pointing a laser at a pilot and resisting without violence. Uh, of all the things that I expected to hear from a Florida man, this was not one of them, Joe. No. And clearly a horrible idea, and uh, this guy's going to pay the price dearly. Yes. Well, also, don't bring a laser pointer to a sword fight in Florida. That's my best advice I can give you because there's a lot of sword fighting in Florida. The mugshot, just for people out there as you're trying to get images of these people, it's like old dirty bastard from the Wu-Tang Clan had a baby with Pippi Longstocking because he's got freckles, but he's definitely got an ODB quality about him. So that's that's the visual if you're looking for the visual. Um, he's also got kind of, you know, some funky hair going on here. But yeah, this is uh, pointing a laser at aircraft. That sounds like just a, a horrible. I mean, what a what a horrible, terrible thing. And, and just I don't know what what makes people. I mean, I guess it was just boredom. <laughs> like what what happens here? I, I don't I don't understand. A lot of man. people this in is, Florida, Joe. It's just hot here. It gets to people's head. Is is that what it is? It's it's. So you think the I have no idea. I'm people, speculating. Well, you know what? If you think about it, everybody in Canada is very nice, right? It's because most true. of the time they're just happy to see another person because of the snow and the th- and the cold and okay. you know just to go out every that, day. Okay, I'll go with that. Oh, everyone in Canada. Oh, they're so nice. Canadians that I know. Are, that I know. Yeah, the nicest people on the planet. The, as I always call them, the better Americans. 
And because it is America, they are Americans still. They're just not, you know, from the United States, but North America is Americans. Anyway, as you get like warmer and warmer, I think people are more and more stressed out, you know, because it's always hot. Everyone's always outside. You're always around people. When you're not always around people, it's easier to be nicer to people because it's it's more of a, you know, it's more unique. It's like, oh, well, hey, how are you? Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, everything's good. You know, everyone in Minnesota is really nice. Everyone in North Dakota, Nate Dockin, buddy of mine from the Black Book, very nice. Chris Meany, good Canadian, very nice. I yeah, mean, Chris Meany. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a thing. So, yeah. So, Florida, seasons, man. You got to have the seasons. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Putnam County Sheriff deputies arrested a man for stealing goods to pay for his ankle monitor fee. Interesting. It all began back in December when 32-year-old John Wayne Parker Jr. was convicted of an I love, Why does everybody have a three names in the junior today? <laughs> no, no, it's true. Uh, it all began in December. 32-year-old John Wayne Parker Jr. convicted of aggravated assault charge in Palatka. You don't want to get near Palatka. And given an ankle monitor to track his movement. But in order to keep up with his payments, Parker decided to return to crime. He began by stealing cigarettes from a place called Hitchcock's on January the 20th. Two days later, he stole some drills, batteries, and other items from work um, on some road called Masters Road. Now, while uh, police were investigating these crimes, they were informed that some guy named John was trying to get some money to pay for his ankle monitor. At this point, deputies looked at Parker's movements and found that he was at the place called Hitchcock's at the time of the burglary. At this moment, Parker turned up the sheriff's office to pay for his late fee on his ankle monitor. uh, Deputies arrested him, charged him with three counts of burglary, one count of grand theft. Two counts of pe- petty theft. He was taken to Putnam County Sheriff's Office and now held without bond. So uh, I suppose, and I wasn't aware of this, so this is news to me, that if you have an ankle monitor, that you have to pay for that ankle monitor out of your own money. And the only way that this guy could pay for it was resorting back to his life of crime, Joe. So a good, a nice, solid Florida man uh, story there. It is. This is, seems like the fat bastard thing in um, Austin Powers. I eat because I'm unhappy and I'm unhappy because I eat. Like I'm in, I need to steal so I can maintain the ankle bracelet, but I have the ankle bracelet because I steal and it's just sad. Can I you like do me a favor? Will you change your name to uh, Craig Alexander Mish the third or junior for the rest yeah. of the show? Just a lot, like, uh, you know, uh, Jews in general don't have junior. It's, uh, we don't, we don't, you know, that's, that's funny. I never thought about that. Yeah, we don't No, we don't There's no, that. there's no pipeline names. Well, that's because no. you have the tradition of naming with the first letter after someone. Yes. Passed, correct? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so that kind of kills. So that, we don't right? have juniors. Yeah. So do, do you know anyone who has the same name as their father? Just not the Jude? junior or is it just uh, i do not no Mm-mm. i don't think interesting. It's, i'm not a big fan of the whole naming people after you know like everybody in the same house has the same name that's a, that gets confusing i imagine i agree, I agree. uh okay a man uh one more or maybe maybe two a man in st petersburg florida was arrested tuesday morning last week for setting a fire inside his apartment to stay warm when it was really cold last week remember that in south florida yeah, 66 year old <laughs> yeah, it's true. It was like 40. Mark Okren allegedly set fire to a stack of paperwork. Good job in his apartment at 3 a.m. And, and police reported the flames and it set off the smoke detectors. Now, no one was hurt, but this man, of course, was charged with arson in the first degree. They also said that he had several options available to him that could have helped him get warm. So, uh, Joe, note to self, don't set paperwork on fire in your own house in Florida. But people in Florida this, don't know what to do when it gets so <laughs> Well, I can ask you a question. Was this man involved in any other sort of fiscal investigation? Like, did he work for some sort of other company that's currently under investigation by, you know, whatever the county sheriff's office? Where I, he's I, just, oh, no, I was said, just oh, wait, hold on. They said that, that he was arrested while watching the movie Office Space. That's what happened here. Uh, oh, well, wait a minute now. Now this just got more interesting because yeah, kidding, if yeah. this guy's just lost it and he's like a moment from losing his mind and he goes home and brings all of his work or he just got fired and stuff and he's wow. 
Now this is getting dark. I like this one. This is great. Go home, yeah. get a bottle of Jack Daniels, bring all the files from work and set this place on fire in the words of, uh, I'm gonna, where's my stapler? <laughs> all right. Last story for our Florida man uh, Tuesday. If it were in a museum, you could charge admission to see Jeffrey Liebman's home. But since it's sitting on a quiet street in Naples, Florida, his neighbors are suing because they wanted to see it returned back to normal. According of the course of a few days, Liebman gave his $500,000 home and in Florida, that's quite something. A cartoonish makeover, drenching every square inch around the side of his home with a rainbow's worth of colors. The lawn, the mailbox, and even the trees were transformed. And a van outside uh, in white letters now says, who is Omar? Okay. Uh, so he's so his neighbor said he's obviously got a drug issue or something going on. I've just never seen anything like this in my life. He might be on to something. According to court records, Liebman is facing a trio of drug-related charges stemming from an arrest in November when police found a meth pipe and what they believe was crystal meth in his backpack. Liebman, of course, pleaded non-guilty. He's back in court on February the 25th. But you can easily Google this story, Joe, and see that this man has basically transformed his home into a bad paint job of many colors and clearly needs to get some mental health uh, help as well. Yeah, this is... Um... This is a lot to take in. I just uh, imagine just going just outside your house and just throwing buckets of different color. Not paint. just any house, but it's like a, you said a five hundred thousand dollar. That's not right? a bad. Well, I mean, it depends on where you live in Florida, obviously. But, uh, you know, that's not a, a bad price on a house like it's a, a, a nice, OK house to live in. Took it down. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out who Omar is. Nobody knows. I mean, that's really what this house is about. I mean, who is Omar? I mean, this, this it's a shame because, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of these style houses anyway, but it's it's a, obviously a very nice house. I'm sure the interiors are lovely, but I love the fact that he went all the way and he also painted the palm tree yes. in front of the house. He went full palm tree. So he didn't just like do the house. He did the car. He did the whole thing. And we're sure that he did this, right? It's not some. Uh, we're not like, sure of anything with Florida Man, Joe. We just tell the story. Here's the story. You ready? Here's yeah. here's here's my guess what the story is. Okay. Real quick. I don't think go. he did this to his house. Somebody uh-huh. else did this to his house. I think it's a jilted wife or a jilted girlfriend or something like that. And he is seeing some guy named Omar. She does this to his house, to his car, to everything, and then she writes, "Who's Omar?" And she's go. calling him out. How about Conspiracy that? There's your Maury Povich moment right there. All right. With that, we take a quick timeout. The best of the first hour is next. Hour number two is straight ahead. You're listening to Fantasy Sports today. Don't go. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. I'm an underbetter in general, David. I, I think that there's always going to be more value, especially this time of the year. People want to see scoring. They want overs. But that total got pushed up like two full points since it came out. And um, 
you gave me a 31.20. So is your lean toward the under? Is there any interest in that or is it just a lean? It, it's a lean towards the under, but he also, as you mentioned, the, the number has moved a lot. And, you know, when I said 31.20, and obviously that's a total of 51, and that's pretty much where it opened 51, 51 and a half, 52. And I didn't get it then, so I, I don't have a play on it. It has moved up to 54. If it continues going up, and like you said, the value a lot of times is on the under. Right now, 90% of the tickets and the money are both on the over. So if this keeps going, I will grab it. But right now, I'm staying off of it because with these two teams, you just you just never know. Like 31-20 was just my predicted score based on what I think is going to happen in the game. Uh, but both teams have shown that they can get off to somewhat slow starts. The Chiefs in the last couple of games uh, barely have scored in the first quarter before exploding in the second. And the Niners can keep the ball for seven and a half minutes to start the game, and all of a sudden you're, you're over-under shot. So with these two teams, Kansas City being the quick strike offense and San Francisco being the ball control, I really don't have a feel for the total. But the predicted score that I have would, yes, technically place it in the under, but I'm, I'm more towards the side than the total on this one. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today, hour number two, if you're listening live. Or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports.